Good morning, church. It's good to see everybody today. God is good. And all the time. Amen and amen. It's great to have you with us. We have some visitors today. We're always delighted to have you, especially during the summertime when a lot of our folks are gone, but we know that they're having a good time and we just pray for their safety and that they'll be blessed on their trips as well. I'm going to have a young man come up, Gabe Dittmeyer. Where are you at, Gabe? There he is. Gabe uh, gave his life to the Lord at camp this year, that his dad and his mom and his sister were there. Go ahead. That's good. And uh, as you know, many years ago, uh, I guess it's been 20 years ago, we hired uh, David to come in and be our youth minister. And then he got married and then he went into business and did all those things. But he stuck with us all these years. And uh, actually, I think this was his 20th year at Camp David himself. And I think it was his last year. Is that right, David? We thank you for your, your efforts. I did it for four years at camp. And I don't know how in the world you did it for 20. But we're thankful that you did. And we're so proud of your children. You and she have done a great job, uh, and we're just so thankful. And I know it's, a, it's an honor to baptize our children, and I'm, I'm thankful that God has allowed you and Sherry to enjoy that as well. Gabe, this is, this is uh, God's Word, of course, and it is the truth. And I know your parents have taught you that. You've got to discover that for yourself and grow into the man that God wants you to be. And our prayer for all, all of our young people is that they will do just that. Listen to what God says, because it's the truth. It'll change your life, grow you in a mighty warrior like your daddy, okay? So here's your Bible and a certificate, and let me have a prayer with you. Father God, I am so thankful for life that you give us, so thankful that um, you were able to, through the process of our lives, to draw us into your family, and we're thankful for Gabe this morning. We're thankful that he's given his life to you, We're thankful, Father, that the entire Dittmeyer family are faithful followers of yours. Raise him up to be a mighty warrior in your kingdom because we sure need him, Father. And thank you so much for the talents and the gifts that Mike talked about, the talents and gifts that are stored within this young man. May they just rise up and bubble over into the world that you have before him. Thank you again for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Most of all, thank you for Jesus that paid it all so that we could have it all which is salvation and eternal life with you. In Jesus' name, the church says, amen. And God bless you, man. <clears throat> awesome. That is, that is, those are good things. We have a lot of, several uh, camp um, uh, members this year that uh, have accepted the Lord. We're going to be giving out Bibles at different times. Sometimes they're not here. I know Ethan isn't here this week, and uh, we're going to get his Bible taken care of in a few weeks when he gets back. And and um, so uh, Alyssa, I think, as well, Alyssa White. And uh, so we'll take care of those as we kind of work through the summer as well. Um, so we just think that's wonderful. Uh, there was this, one of my favorite stories is about a minister. He's, he's walking through this beautiful neighborhood, and he's just, you know, strolling along, taking this nice little walk. And as he's going through there, he notices this little boy, little short boy, that little Harley, standing at a door trying to reach up and ring the doorbell. But he's so short, and the doorbell seems to be much higher, and he can't quite reach it. So the preacher, being a good preacher, decided to go up and help the little boy out. So he just steps up to the door, and he just rings that doorbell aggressively like that. And he looked down at the little boy, and he says, Now what, son? And the little boy says, Now we run like crazy. (laughs) Part of life, isn't it? I just love that one. I don't know why I told it, but anyway... 
Adrian Rogers says, and I love this quote from him. I've used it many times. He said, it's better to stand alone with the truth than to be wrong with the multitudes. That is so good. It is to stand for the truth. And I want to talk about that today. Now, all of us compromise in things. We do that. Compromise is not a bad thing when it comes to certain things in life. Some of you are going to compromise today of where you eat. Somebody wants a hamburger and somebody wants a steak, and so you're going to get spaghetti. Or you just go home and have a peanut butter and jelly. If you can't make up your mind, we'll just go home and have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Anybody ever hear that before? I pray God they got grape jelly. But nonetheless, we do that and we compromise. Compromise in marriage is also important, you know. It's important that we do that because we're two different people, but yet God has made us one. But we are different and so we need to compromise a little bit. So compromise isn't a bad thing. Even in church we compromise. I like blue, you like red, so we put in green carpet. And so whatever that case is, we compromise a little bit, and that's perfectly fine. There is nothing wrong with that. However, God's word, his word, is truth, period. It's truth. There's not some truth in this, a little bit of truth in this. There's a good story in this, and this one might be good for you, and this one may not be good for you. It is all truth, And with God's word, we cannot compromise the truth. You can't do it. Now, let me say, having the truth and knowing the truth does not assure one does everything according to the truth. And that's important. Just because you know the truth and you have the truth doesn't mean that you will carry out the truth in your life. It just doesn't work that way. Now, in that, in this process, I would simply say, As Christians, we are called to think on purpose. You might say, that's pretty stupid. No, it's pretty smart. We are called to think on purpose. You know, a lot of times what we do, and tell me if this isn't true, especially, and we say this about our teenagers, they don't think for themselves. They let someone else think for them. And it's true a lot of times. It is the case. So what we want to do is we have to think on purpose as Christians. Sometimes that doesn't happen in our lives, and it costs us great, a great deal in our lives. Meaning what? Meaning we allow God's truth to move us and to guide us, to hold us to the standard in which God wants us to rise to in our lives. We purposely process our thinking through Him through the power of the Spirit that lives within us once we receive Him at baptism, but also through the Word of God which He has given to us. And so as we look at those things, we find the truth, and when we find the truth, we can live out the truth, but it's a decision on our part. How good are you at doing that in your life? That's an honest question. How good are you at doing that in your life, allowing to your process of thinking to work through the Word of God. Sometimes we get off course a little bit. If we get off course a little bit, sometimes it can cost us greatly in our lives. Many of us have tales about that. Some of us don't even want to tell about what has happened because we got off course. But let me say this. No one gets it all right. Not even those that think they got it all right. Because there's a group out there that thinks they get it all right that they got it all figured out and everything is perfectly in order exactly the way they have figured it out. But no one gets it all right. 
But praise God for his mercy and his grace grace that reaches through even my wrong thinking at times and pulls me back, pulls us back into his loving arms. Give me an amen. amen. But getting off course just a little bit can cost you greatly, can it? In October of 1983, there was a flight out of Anchorage, Alaska. It was flight 007. Imagine that. Flight out of Anchorage, Alaska, going to Seoul, South Korea. And in that process of that, that journey, the computer, not people, not humans, but the computer made a routing error. By one and one half degree. That's all. No one caught it. When they took off a hundred miles out, not much of a difference. But it wasn't long until there was a major difference. It entered into the Russian, to Russia's airspace, if you will. They sent up some jets and they shot it down over the mainland of Russia. And all on board perished. All because of an error of one and a half degree. It can be costly for us as well. Now, some would say in that matter, that's the way God is. That's it. And they will even teach that. Oh, they may not come out and exactly say that, but as you read through what they're saying or hear through what they're saying, they often say that that's how God is. He is just waiting to blow us out of the air when we turn or make the wrong turn and don't do everything right. It's as though sometimes there's a tightrope stretched between here and the heavens and some way when you alter a little bit, you're like that bug on a hot summer evening when there's a bug zapper. Another one's gone. Another one's gone. And some people think that of God, that somehow he would do that for us. When we fail or when we um, sometimes get it wrong, I want to let you know this morning, sometimes I get it wrong. I don't want to, I don't desire to, but sometimes my thinking doesn't line up with God's teaching anybody else. If that was the case that God is waiting to blow us out of the air, if that was the case, there would have been no reason to send his son. He could have just told us, attention, no hope. Now think about that. He could have said that, but he didn't say that because we all know that God's word tells us there is hope and hope in the one called Jesus the Christ. Give me an amen. First Peter chapter 1. But God also warns us in his word. He warns us that there will be those out there, there will be people that will want to hear something other than the truth. Sound like our world today? It's the world we've lived in for a long time now. If they want to hear something other than the truth, in other words, compromise is what they are looking for. They, in fact, even know that they are on the wrong course, but they just don't care. They just don't care. I'm doing my thing. Come on and join me, they say. Psalms 1.1 simply says this. It says, do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. There's a reason why it says that. Don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Why? Because if you walk in the counsel of ungodly, guess where you end up? In an ungodly situation. That's what happens. There's where our world is. The world is compromised, the truth of God's word, 
because they have listened to ungodly counsel, period. 2 Timothy chapter 4 backs this up by saying, for the time is coming. We could say the time is here. The time is coming? No, the time is here. When people will not endure sound teaching or doctrine, one translation says, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own likings. I gather around enough people that look like me, act like me, talk like me, think like me. Boy, I got a big group. Woo-hoo! We can pick it. And will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. Make-believe, stuff made up, stuff that's not true. That's what happens. It can happen in a nation, it can happen in a world, and it's happening in our world today, and it can happen in your life as well. So you have to be on the guard for those things. Charlie Daniels years ago wrote, well, the devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind. He was willing to make a deal. Listen. Satan is still willing to make a deal for your soul. He's counting on it every day you get up. You need to know every day you get up, there are two things. God loves you and Satan wants to destroy that love. Every day. So that means there's a battle out there in our lives. Satan is betting on the fact that we will fall for the lies in the world around us. And that we will compromise and join in with the world. I had an interesting conversation with a young lady this week, or a a lady about my age, so a little younger, so I could call her a young lady, and her child had gone off to college, pretty close, and they were always church-going, they were always, went to camp, the kid did, and he was baptized, in fact, I was the one that baptized him. Uh, I believe that's the case, but but I know that they were very faithful and they're coming and very active and all those things. And she asked, she, she told me this past week, she simply said, and they have taught him out of believing that there is a God. How do I help him? There is a world out there And our college professors, many of them are full of that. Not all. Praise God for the ones that aren't. But they will try to capitalize on the fact that there is no God or there is no truth or this is the truth. And it's easy to sway young people. But it's also easy to sway adults as well. So it's not just a picking on one group. Please understand that. Because it can can be done in pulpits and is being done in pulpits as well. The truth about a lie is it's still a lie at the end of the tale. Starts with a lie, guess what it is? It's a lie. If you start with a lie, what do you got? You got a lie. The great thing about the truth is it's the truth at the beginning, it's the truth at the end because truth doesn't change. Lies do. That's right. If you're a liar and you're sitting on a, a, a court case... You better have a great memory. That's exactly right. But if you stand in the truth, it'll always be the truth through. If not, what's going to be? The court clerk's going to say, oh, I'd like to have that read back to me. Isn't this what you said over there? Oh, yeah, man, I'm trying to remember this one, but remember that one, remember that one. You ever get caught in a lie? You ever catch a kid in a lie? 
I thought you said just a minute ago it was that you were over at Fred's house. Now you're telling me that you were at Sam's and Jimmy was there as well? Uh, no, no, I was at Fred's before I went. You get that one? You see through that, don't you? Most teenagers try that one, but it didn't work very much. It didn't work with me, and I'm sure it won't work with yours either. To grow spiritually, you have to know the truth. You have to know it. And then you have to know who the enemy is because the truth tells you exactly who he is. That's the wonderful thing about this book. It tells you not only how you get salvation, but it tells you who your enemy is and what to look out for. Isn't that good? Here it is. This is what you've got to look out for. What do you tell your children when they go out? Watch out for this. Years ago, it used to be what? It used to be, hey, somebody's offering you candy. Don't take it. And so we, we try to protect them. That's what God does. You're my child now. Now this is how you can be protected. You have to know that there's an enemy out there. And so that's what we have to know to grow spiritually. You don't want to maybe want to talk about Satan, but the truth is the Bible talks about him all the time. And his movement of how he dealt with things. In fact, from the very beginning, we'll look at that in just a minute. So you have to know your enemy. His name is Satan. His nature is to lie. And he's real good at it. That's right. He's real good. Did you ever meet somebody that was a really good liar? A real good liar. They just to tell those lies. They just slip out and they just seem like, wow, he told another one and I almost didn't catch it. And then they tell so many that you can't even know if he's telling the truth. If he's telling the truth, the truth. Maybe, but it's probably a lie. I'm not sure. It's the truth. I'm telling you the truth this time. Anybody say that? Oh, this time. So that means you told me the lie the last time. Well, no, not really. Watch this. In John 8, 44, it says this. You belong to the father of the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. See, most children want to carry out their father's desires. We really want to. One of the things, when I was growing up, that's one of the things. When I lived by myself my senior year in high school, uh, my parents lived 500 miles away. I had some friends that weren't doing the right things, and I could have done a lot of the wrong things. And I'm not here to say, oh, look at me. But you know what? I wanted, to, I wanted to please my mom and my dad. I never wanted to hurt their name. I never wanted to bring, bring disgrace on the Davidson name. Never. And so it really was one of the first things in my line of defense. Is, it, it, God was there, but I really didn't want to hurt my mom and dad. And it wasn't because I was afraid of my mom and dad. It's because I loved my mom and dad. And so here he says in this process, he said, you carry out the father's desires, which is who? Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, not holding to the truth. You see, truth is something you have to hold to. You have to desire to hold the truth. I hold the truth. I take my stand right here, and it's the truth, and I shall not be moved. It's important. He did not hold to the truth, for there is no truth in him. None, zilch, zero, nada. When he lies, he speaks his native language. It's meaning the cover might look good, but when you open the book, it's pretty ugly. He speaks his native language. Why? Because he's a liar and he's the father of all lies. Now, his favorite weapons, his favorite weapon is probably half-truth. But that's an oxymoron, I think. Half-truth. If somebody came up to you and said, Kyle, I'm going to tell you half truth today. What, 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 what do you, what do you, 
you don't, we don't talk like that. But his weapon is half-truth. Found that out in Genesis chapter 3. Half-truth. Just a little bit. It's out there. So if you accept some of it, it's, it's like this. If I offer you a glass of water, see you're thirsty, and I offer you a glass of water. Here it is. I take it out of the refrigerator, and, and it's in the purified thing, you know, and psh, hand it to you. And you say, man, I'm thirsty. Thank you so much. Hold just a minute. And I got an eyedropper over here, and I put one drop of sewer water. Is it pure water or is it sewer water? It's sewer water. You say, no, thank you. Mm-mm. Lead, who wants lead? But you don't want that. That's an inside joke. But nonetheless, <laughs> but it's sewer water. And you say, no. But if it's sitting on the counter and you didn't know I put that in there, you'd probably say, oh, it's okay. Clear water, good water. Shh, drink it down, probably think it would probably be all right. But day after day, bloop, 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 bloop. How many can I do? Pretty soon, it doesn't become water at all. It just becomes raw sewage. Father of all lies. His favorite weapon is to tell half-truths. His favorite lie is God can't be trusted. That's what he told Eve. She knew the truth, but she fell for the lie. She even quoted the truth to him. You see it? She said, here's what God said, and she quoted it. And Satan comes back and says, come on, really? Nah, what God doesn't want you to know is this is what you can have. Sound like the world? Sure it does, because Satan's in the world. We live in a fallen world. Listen to this. We live in a fallen world because of one sin that was believed to be the truth. One lie that was believed to be the truth. And it set everything else into order of a fallen world in which we live. Now catch this. Two things Satan doesn't want you to believe about God. He will do anything he can to get you to believe, as I said about the young man that went off to college, and the mother's concerned. Very intelligent young man. And simply said, I don't really believe that stuff anymore. You may say, well, yeah, I was in, but not mine. Two things that Satan doesn't want you to believe, and this is the one that they fell in the category, is that God exists. Because you see, if Satan can get you to believe that there is no God, that means you believe in something other than God. Because everybody believes in something. Just don't believe in God. The scripture says, however, and praise God for scripture because it is all truth. And we know that Christ, God's son, has come to help us understand. To help us understand. And to what? And in this process, and find the true God. His son wants us to help us understand, but find the true God. By coming to Jesus Christ, he can help you understand that there is a true God. And now we are in God because we are in Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ, his son. How do you get in Christ? You accept him as your Lord and Savior. You're buried with him. You're clothed with him. You're in Christ. Now you know God. 
There's an importance there. Who is the only true God? And he is eternal life. Praise God. You must believe that he exists. According to Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us that. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is a belief. A belief in what? Something you haven't seen. But you know that it's there or you believe that it's there. You just believe that it's there even though you haven't been there. Because anyone who comes to him must believe, not should believe, sometimes believe, but you must believe that he exists. Do you believe that he exists? You're well on your way. It's your starting point. Without the belief, everything else doesn't matter. Because you have to believe that he exists. The second thing that Satan doesn't want you to know or believe about God is that he rewards us. He rewards his children. Do you reward your children? Sure you do. Because you love them. And God also rewards his children. What Satan wants, he wants you to believe that this world is your reward. Eat, drink, and be merry, but eat, drink, and don't miss out on all the stuff that the world has to offer. Because the world stuff is fun. I'm going to be like this forever. Let me, let, me, let me give you a little insight here. The world does not revolve around the Kardashians. And I don't care how much plastic surgery and I don't care how much they get their face plastered on Twitter, whatever it is, one day they're going to discover that. They're going to discover that. There is no doubt. But they can teach. The world can teach you. This is what you got to get. You got to get it now. And if you get it now, you'll be happy for the rest of your life. Really. Hebrews chapter 11 continues, doesn't it? And it says there you not only have to believe that he exists, but that he and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And I like this right here because it uses the word, it uses a conjunction. How do you like that one, Jonna? And. And and it's a conjunction. It ties the two together. Now we'll go to Acts and we'll say, he that believeth and is baptized. See, see, got baptism, yeah. But if you don't believe the baptism, you could be a mermaid. It's not going to help you. But we use the word, the conjunction there, to tie them together because they are, because there's a new birth connected to that belief. There's a new birth that God wants to get the old out so he can put the new in that we've been learning about on Wednesday night with Jeff Walling's teaching. And it's a wonderful, powerful thing. And here is the same thing. He uses this word, and that he rewards. He, he exists. You've got to believe that he exists, but you've got to believe that he rewards in that same process. Because God does reward his people. God does reward his children. Jeremiah 17 says this in the Old Testament. You see it there on the screen. But I, the Lord, search all hearts. He searches your heart. He knows exactly what your heart is speaking today. Notice he goes on to say, and examine secret motives. He knows your motive today. He knows exactly what's on your mind. And what the motive is behind what you're doing. Good, bad, ups, downs, ins and outs. And notice what he says. I give all people 
their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. God is the rewarder. Serve him and be blessed. Amen? Amen. One of the works of Satan is to deceive us. Deceive man, of course. To believe something to be untrue about God or about his word. Or believe something to be true that is not true. He is truly after your belief system. That's what Satan's after. Your belief system. That is why it is vital to stay in the truth. Look at uh, Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does that tell us? Christ wants to guard your belief system. Satan wants to steal it. You don't believe that's true? Read one verse, John 10, 10. One comes to steal and one comes to give eternal life. It's your choice. Listen, you can miss out on rewards in your life that God is offering you if you compromise the truth of God's word. Salvation is found only in Christ Jesus. Now the world will tell you that there are many ways to be saved. But there is only one way to be saved. And that is through Jesus Christ. Period. If you do not believe that fact, the reward of salvation will be missed in your life. With that, some simply say, well, God's not fair. God never said he was fair. He is right, he is just, and he is holy. And he gave his son so that you and I could be right with him. No one could pay the price for your sin. No one. Live the greatest life ever. That everyone that ever met you from the time you squealed when you came out of your mother's womb until the time you took your last breath, everyone spoke well of you. Does not mean that you stand before God and God says, Wow, come here, son. This guy did everything perfect. Wow, you're amazing. Come on in. But the one that has fallen a thousand times plus a thousand times, that has given their life to Jesus Christ, will stand before God someday and he will say, Welcome home, son. Enter in to the joys because you have faith in my son. You believed what he gave you. No one can pay the price of your sin. Not you. Buddha couldn't. Muhammad couldn't. John Smith couldn't. Jesus did. Why would anyone look anywhere else Think about that. Why would anyone look anywhere else? I can tell you the answer to that real quick. Because they chose to believe a lie. That's the only reason. In Matthew chapter 40, uh, 24, it says Christians are these ones that are deceived. Watch out for the one that no one deceives you, he says there. As Christians, we can also be deceived in believing 
a lie and lose out on the rewards that Christ has for us in this life as well as heaven. Many people wonder why they are not receiving blessings from God and become discouraged and even often quit. And I ask people that. Hey, uh, or people will ask me that. Hey, I'm living this life and I'm loving God and I'm praying and I'm going to church and I'm taking communion and I'm trying to do all these things, but I just really don't know why God is not blessing me. Well, the simple truth might be just one simple thing. Have you asked yourself what you are compromising that is holding back the blessing that God has for your life. Repentance, confession, and repentance is a beautiful thing for the Christian. Praise God for both of them. Amen? Amen. Why we don't use them more often just puzzles me. Maybe it is because we've fallen for the lie. Got to be strong on your own power. Got to do it yourself. Don't admit anything. Hold it back. All the while, God says, let it out. Confess it. Repent of it. And watch my washing come over you once again. It's truth or a lie. You decide. Lies are weapons. Lies are weapons in our spiritual war, just as much as truth is weapons in the spiritual war that we're in. Choose wisely. When it comes down to it, there are only two sides in which a person stands in a spiritual walk. Only two sides. You stand on the word of truth or the word of a liar. That's it. Choose wisely. Very important, isn't it? Sure it is. You see, my eternal salvation rests upon one thing. You know, we took communion just a few moments ago about this Jesus that gave it all for us. Very true. But our salvation rests upon this fact, that God is truth. And he told me that if I believe in the truth of his son, I would be saved eternally. What a deal. What a deal for us. You, you, you watch a game show and they say, door number one, door number two, or door number three, and you're like, and then pick one. Jesus just opens the door and says, do you want this or do you want that? He shows it to us. He reveals it to us. And he said, here's the truth. Let me pull the curtain back and let you see it. You can choose the truth and have eternal life. You can choose a lie and be lost forever. But I sacrificed all of this so you could have all of me. What do you choose? What do you go home with? If you believe the truth about that fact, you too can have eternal life. Your family members, you can tell them that this year on your, on your break or your family reunions or whatever. Just ask your cousin, ask your friends, ask your family members. Hey, are you a believer in Christ? Well, you know, I'll let that kind of stop. Look, look, it's this simple. Jesus died for you. And he rose on the third day. And if you put your faith, hope, and trust in him, he will give you eternal life. You could say, Uncle Bob, I don't want you to miss that. 
Would you at least do me a favor and let me pray with you now? Or would you at least think about that? Because the world is, is telling you a lie that it really doesn't matter. You're like Rover, you're dead all over. But it's not the truth, Uncle Bob. I love you too much not to tell you. Let me, let me end with this. One of the things that got me into ministry was a young man that I knew growing up never accepted Jesus Christ, and I had. And he died on his wedding day. And I never told him about Jesus Christ. Not once. I talked to him about everything else that person could think of about his bride that he was about to be married to and, and, and what marriage was all about and talk to him about uh, uh, football and baseball and sports and fun and all those things. But never mention Jesus. He fell off the back of a pickup truck picking up those orange cones on a highway. And the day that he was supposed to get married, the day they put him in a grave and I couldn't tell him think on purpose can pay off greatly if you want to grow spiritually stay in the truth which is always found in the word of God and don't fall to the lies of Satan that are found in the world Hold up your thinking, as Mike always says, hold up your thinking to the light of the word of truth. Why? Because by holding it up, you find the truth. And the truth is, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Will you just love him back? That's all he's asking. Would you just love me back? I want to be your daddy. And I want to shower you with blessings. Maybe today you have a prayer request or concern. Maybe today you are the one that wants to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And maybe today is your day to be baptized. Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins so that you too not can only have your sins removed but you can also be filled with the spirit of God that will help direct you in your life as well God does love you and we love you too maybe today you have a prayer request of whatever concerns it might be good bad or ugly inside and out we understand that we won't, make it, we won't make that public, but maybe you'd like to come and visit with one of the uh, elders here or myself and we'll just pray with you. Others will come with you. And even after the service, they're going to offer some prayer time right over in that room. Hey, Phil, is this your month? Phil's going to be right over there. Take advantage of that, folks. Right after service, every Sunday, every Sunday, if you've got a prayer request that's going on, whatever it is, our shepherds stand and they will pray with you. I've been with them many times. In our, in our meetings, we pray over our people, our flock. Hurts and pains, they're real in your life. We want to help you. 
because we want to go to the Savior. It's a great healer for all of us. Whatever your desire is, now is the time to do that. You come. Together we stand and sing.